Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better. People who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host. Thank you for joining me. Let's just get started. <laughs> All right, Melanie, welcome to the Lemonade Stand. I'm so honored and excited to talk to you today. So first start by telling me three things about yourself. Hmm. I'm trying to think three things people don't know or just three sure. things. Let's Ooh. see. I'm okay. Well, I don't know anything about you. So tell okay. me. Well, anything. I'm a mother of eight, five homegrown and three that I, three stepchildren. I like to call them bonus children that I got when I got remarried. I got voted biggest spaz at BYU. One of the years I was there. So that's a thing. And I love the scriptures. I have always just loved searching the scriptures, especially the Book of Mormon. I just think you can find all the answers to your prayers. So is this a podcast for everybody or just for church members? Everybody. So So it's not bad. Do you want me to start that one over again? No, that was so awesome. Nope. Okay. Well, I just really love the scriptures. So Okay. That's what I need to know. So that's awesome. That's about you. And that's probably has something to do with your lemon to lemonade story that I am dying to hear about. Take me back. I know you have a few lemons to why you do what you do. Okay. Well, when you say I've had a few lemons, my dad died when I was young, he was 48. Wasn't fair. You know, I, my sister's had cancer since then I've had cancer. I've had a spouse leave the faith that, you know, we were both raised in, but I think the biggest lemon really out of all of it was my divorce. I had been married for 23 years, um, in our faith families or everything, you know, it's not super typical that people get divorced. I mean, people do obviously, and it's not frowned on, but it's just not something that happens all the time. And, I really struggled with making the decision to get divorced. I struggled through the whole process afterwards. I mean, it was just a really tough time for me. Right before my divorce was final, I had this feeling to start this podcast about um, our church was coming up with a new program where we were going to be studying the scriptures, you know, as a family at home. And I thought, well, you know, people seem to like when I teach a lesson or something, maybe I can give my two cents on the lesson. So I started this podcast. I actually like the last minute before it was supposed to go out like a Monday of December 31st of 2018 was the day that it was starting. And that night, like December 30th, I'm Googling how to publish a podcast. Like I just, you know, I'm such a procrastinator, but I did it. I put it out. I put it on my personal Facebook page. Like I started a podcast. If anyone wants to listen, click on over. And I really just thought it would be my close friends, maybe people in the area, you know, and then it just blew up into this thing that I didn't even imagine. But I started it at my very lowest heart. You know, like when things were just so rough and I felt so alone and I'd been a mom for 23 years and now every other week I didn't even have my children. And so I just felt like I didn't know what to do next, you know, and I started this thing and I was probably too forthcoming with everything that was going on in my life. Like, hey, everyone, here's my nightmare. What do you think about this? And I think people 
appreciated it because I said, here's my nightmare. And I didn't say like, oh, I'm perfect. Everything's perfect. Look at my house and my bread and my family. You know, that's all great. I got out there and was able to say like, this is hard. This is my heart. This is my life. But what a beautiful life it is because of Jesus Christ. And I think because I was able to put myself out there, I think God knew what he was doing when he told me where I felt like I should start it because all of a sudden I had strangers writing to me and saying, you're making a difference in my life. You know, like I appreciate you. Someone said after your podcast on forgiveness, I felt like I should forgive this person at church that really bothered me. And I started praying about it and I got this feeling to forgive my dad. And she said, I had been estranged from him for like eight years and I went out and reached out to my dad and things changed, you know? And so all of a sudden I had purpose and I had people that were lifting me up. Like I thought I'm doing this for everyone else, but it turned out it was for me, you know, that all these people in a time when I felt really unloved were all of a sudden loving me. And so as I worked through my divorce and trying to find happiness and express that joy, I found joy. So what made it so hard for you? Well, a lot of things. Um, My identity was gone. Like you're a mom, that's what you do. And you have a successful husband who's a dentist and he provides this living so that you can just stay home and I have a degree from BYU in special ed, but I only taught a year. And then I just started having babies and I would wait tables at night or, you know, tutor a little bit at the beginning so that I could stay home with these kids. And so all of a sudden I didn't have my spouse who I loved, you know, and we just couldn't get along, but it wasn't that I hated his guts and what, you know, like, so that was hard to be alone. And then every other week to not have my kids. Like that's all I had known was being a mom. So I was, I just felt like I was facing this frontier of like, who am I? I don't even know. I don't even know what to do. And I financially, I was okay. You know, I, I was divorcing a dentist. And so at the time it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like, how am I going to make money? But it was more, what am I going to do? You know, like I can only sit and watch so much TV or like that was that was one of the things my therapist said is I had to binge watch TV because like some show because I was just so used to going, going, going and I didn't know how to slow down, you know. And so I think it was just the abrupt change that all my life was now different. And I think when my dad died, I still had my family. I was. I got married shortly afterwards. Like I had this big hole because I missed him and he was my best friend and it was so hard. Um, I had postpartum depression with some of my kids and that was miserable, but I still was living the same basic life. So when I got divorced, everything turned upside down. My life wasn't the same in any way. And I think that's why it was the hardest. Yes, that sounds And another thing that happens with divorce, which is, unfortunate is I think people don't know what to say. So they don't say anything. 
you know, and when somebody's spouse dies, we all run over with like casseroles and like, let me take your kids on a play date. And what can we do? What can we do? And we all gather. But when someone gets divorced, it almost seems like the opposite. Like, I don't want to choose sides here. I don't want to, you know, friends that we had as couples that we did stuff together all the time. Like they didn't want to pick one or the other. So they picked none, you know? And so it was a really lonely place to be too, because you didn't have that surrounding of support like you would in another situation where you lost your spouse, you know? So plus I think, like you said, every other weekend you have no kids. So who are you going to hang out with? Every, every other, other week. the whole week. Oh my yes. gosh. So one every week, week. Dad, one week I'm there with oh. me. So every other week oh my I was alone. It wasn't, it's not the good old days where dad gets them every other weekend and a Tuesday. Yeah. Like yeah. now it's 50, 50. Like, Oof. so it was, and then there's nobody to hang out with that whole week that yes. your kids are gone yes. because they're all your friends are still with all their family. Right. Right. And that was really, that was really tricky, you know, and forget dating like, Hey, I'm 47 and chubby. And you know, you know, when I said that, everyone's gonna be like, why do you say her everyone anyway? But you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you even get back into that pool? It's terrible, you know, and online dating's terrible. And like the whole thing was terrible. So it was like, who am I? (laughs) What am I doing? This is crazy. And so it really was the one thing that like flipped my life. It really did. So it wears on you and it would have been a very easy time for you to crawl in a hole and just shut out life. Yes. But instead you decide to use your voice and start a podcast. Yes. And now you also say you're married. So I've got to hear how this happened. Well, (laughs) Well, that, that is a good thing too. But, but I think the thing that was the best for me was, you know, you talked about making lemons into lemonade and I didn't purposefully do that. Like I'm going to make lemonade, you know, like, and sometimes I think when you're, someone's in the midst of a trial, the worst thing to do is just go, where's your lemonade. It's you know, the worst people, thing. It, it, is, is the worst. it is, you know, yeah. and I volunteered with the surprise fire department for a few years and on their crisis response team. So once there was a death or a fire or some big tragedy, we would go out and help like all the people there. And the one thing that I would always say is like, yes, this is the worst day. This is t- terrible. Like, I am so sorry. You, it's terrible. I never would say like, well, tomorrow you're going to feel much better. No, like, you know, like, so I do, I do understand that that wasn't my, my motto, but I did make some promises pretty early on to myself. And it was, I wasn't going to talk bad about their dad. You know, I didn't want to go around and just talk horrible about him. And at the beginning I was, you know, maybe with some close friends, I was a little bit more like, oh, I'm, I can't believe, you know, whatever, but I, I really tried, especially as the months went on, to maintain a good relationship with their dad because for the rest of our life, all the happy moments in our kid's life, we're both going to be there, you know? So I don't want to hate him. I don't want him to hate me. And so, and that took some prayers not to not hate him because he's a good guy, but just to get over jealousy or, you know, forgiveness or whatever, to not let that bitterness eat me up. And I also turned to the Lord. I prayed. I read the scriptures. I got therapy. I, you know, saw a therapist very regularly and 
I think those things helped because we can sit back and wallow in our grief and say, woe is me, my life is so terrible. But then we just end up being this person that people really don't want to be around anyway, right? Like you get with me like, oh, let me tell you how horrible my life is. Oh, and, and then you're like even more alone because people are like, I don't want to talk to her, you know? And yes. so I felt like as I started being more faithful and turning more of it over to Christ, you know, like carry this for me. Like, I don't want to be jealous. Please take this from me. I don't want to be mad. Please take this from me. You know, I don't want to be sad all the time. And I was sad. I was sad for a long time. Like after I asked for the divorce and then like the next six months until it was final and all that, like I was pretty broken, you know, but as I got out of myself, and started thinking about other people, started the podcast, started talking about my faith and it just kind of ballooned and grew and grew. And then all of a sudden, like now I'm like, bring it. It's like a horrible thing to say, but really I do feel like I have the tools to deal with whatever because of my faith in Jesus Christ. And he says in the Bible, like my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I don't think we believe enough in his power to make our burdens light because he can. And, you know, and I had my children have stopped going to church, which in our faith is a big deal. You know, like, so when my spouse left the church 10 years ago, that was really hard. And then as my children started leaving, it got harder. And when, you know, one of my kids who I thought was particularly faithful came and told me that, he was done too. I, I was like, that's it. I can't handle it. I can't do it anymore. And within two days, as I was reading and praying and all these things, I just felt like I had to hand it over. Like this is too much heavenly father. So I trust you. I trust you. I know you want what's best for me. So if this is the plan, then I trust you and I'm not going to be bitter and I'm not going to be angry. And I think when my son told me this and I was really sad and upset, I was leaving, you know, to go get some counsel from a wise man in my ward, who's kind of been like a grandpa figure to me, you know, and I got in the car and I was just mad. And I was like, how can this be? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Like, how can one more kid leave? You know, like, and I was just upset and I never have shaken my fist at God. Like, I just haven't, but this day I did. I was like, what else can I do? You know? And some words that my dad said before he died, he wrote me a letter. I was on a mission in Japan. He wrote me a letter telling me that his cancer was back. And he said, the Lord must really love me because who he loves, he tries and I will have attested people. But if he thinks I'm going to give up and be bitter, he's wrong. My faith is strong. I just need to be, I, he just needs to refine me a little. And I, those words came like word for word into my head at that moment. And I thought, I'm not going to be bitter. Like if my dad could be 48 and look death in the face and say, you know, like I'm leaving six kids behind. My youngest son is nine years old and he can say, the Lord just needs to refine me a little. He must really love me because he's given me this trial. Then I said, he must really love me too because he wants to refine me and make me a better person. And so I felt like if I would have just stayed this woman in this perfect life with my perfect home and perfect husband and perfect money and perfect everything, I don't think I would have become the woman of faith and resilience that I've become. And so the Lord did love me enough to let me go through some really hard things because it's made me 
so much stronger, so much stronger than I ever would have been. And there you go. <laughs> I don't even remember what question you asked me. I just talk and talk and talk. So there you go. <laughs> well, wow. And I'm just, I could listen to you talk all day. You are so inspiring. I love this. You have such an amazing attitude and outlook and faith. So this is incredible. And I just sit there nodding the whole time. Like, yes, this is exactly what I want to hear and need to hear right now as well. So thank you. But I was wondering, we started out with the kind of the corny lemon to lemonade and how it takes a while to make that lemonade. It is not an instant process, but I can see by talking to you and and hearing your stories and your example that you are in that lemonade area of your life. You are enjoying that now. You have to go through a lot and a process and a refinement to get to that point. But I love that you're sharing both. You're sharing, yeah, this sucks. It was hard, but yes, it can be wonderful at the same time. And I think you have to go, it can be wonderful right now in the middle of the heart, you know, because the prophet of our church said something once about the, oh, I wish I had it written down more, but it said like, it's not what happens in our life. It's the focus of our life that brings us joy. And when we're focused on Jesus Christ, everything else around you can be falling down and you can still find joy. And I slaughtered that quote, but my life isn't perfect now, you know? And I think that we can't go, well, here was my really hard. And then I married this amazing man who's younger than me and hunky and super spiritual. And it's amazing because that did happen to me. And I did marry an amazing man and things are good, but being divorced and living in two separate States and having children in one state and having, you know, children in another and having custody issues. And it's not easy. And I don't think it's ever going to be easy. I don't think we get to a point where we're like, well, I made that batch of lemonade and added all the sugar. And now we're just going to drink sugar lemonade for life. Like, I think we have to learn. I mean, if you have lemons, you, what happens to a baby when you lick a lemon? Like your whole face is like, and I think even when you're making lemonade, if you don't put sugar in it, you're still going to have that face, you know? And so I think we have to continually be putting sugar in our lemonade. And that comes from just having a non-defeatist attitude that comes from, you know, looking for the good in the hard and we're always going to have to keep adding that sugar because it's never going to get perfect. If it did, it wouldn't be real life. You know, it's just never going to be perfect. And I, one thing I think that really helped me is that situation I had with my son where I just hit my low, low. And I just decided like, I trust you. Like, I'm going to hand it over to you, God, like you're in charge. I found such a peace in my life. And then I found my husband. And I think when we are so full of bitterness or my life is whatever, who wants to date that? So I think if you're in the lemons, get therapy, trust in the Lord, you know, get on medication. If you need it, I've been on medication for, for since I started having babies and went crazy and who cares? Like, I don't care. Like take some medicine, go to the doctor, figure it out. Because if you want your happiness to happen, you can't sit in your sour face. You know, it's just not going to, you're not going to find the joy and the blessings because nobody wants to be with that. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. You can have your moments and you can have your sour time, 
but you right. have to pull yourself out of it, whatever you need to do to take care of you. Right. So that other people around you want to keep being around you. Right. And so you can feel better because if you're in a clinical yes. depression, you can tell yourself all day, like I'm going to make lemonade and it's not going to help you get out of bed. No, so go to the all. doctor. But, right. and I think you can't just whip up a positive attitude right. when everything's crumbling down, you have to work on that. And that takes therapy and it takes prayer. And for me, it takes prayer and reading the scriptures because I always would find answers. Like, even when I was like, do I marry this guy who lives in Georgia? You know, I read, I pray and I read, yeah, go to Georgia, you know? So I do think that it helps to know who's leading you. How did you find a guy in Georgia? <laughs> well, at a family, I met him at a family reunion in Alabama, <laughs> which we love to say, right. But he's actually my sister's husband's brother. Oh, and so it. sisters are now married to brothers, but I had never met him in all the time they had been married because when they got married, he was on a mission for our church. And so I didn't meet him then. And he lived on the other side of the country. So I was having, and that's another thing. My sister invited me out to Thanksgiving at her beach house in Alabama the first year when I didn't have my kids for Thanksgiving. And it was her husband's side of the family's family reunion. And she's like, just come. And I could have folded my arms and been sad, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go fit in with this family. I don't even know. Like, you know, I could have swallowed in like I'm all alone. But I went, OK, because I'd already met her in-laws, you know, just throughout our life and stuff. And then here's this boy who not boy. He hates that. <laughs> He's not a boy. He's a man. Here is this man who is just so gentle and kind and good. And he was just, you know, finishing up his divorce, but he was younger than me, lived in Georgia. Like I never thought anything. So, you know, I'm showing up at breakfast, no makeup, going to the beach, like not even caring. And then, you know, we talked and, but nothing really happened there, you know, like it wasn't a thing, but then afterwards we started chatting and FaceTiming and then here we are married. So, but that also wow. happened because I decided to not, stay in Arizona with the sour face and said, well, okay, I'll go, you know? So, and it came from my sister being generous and my sister-in-law invited me like two days later. And I'm glad that she waited two days longer or else I would have gone to Kansas and wouldn't have probably met Shane. So anyway, wow. anyway, wow. it was, it was great. And he's a blessing, but my life didn't become happy because I got Shane. My life became happy because I chose happy. And then after I chose happy, I got shame. And I think that's sometimes how it works in our life is that when we choose happy, then happiness finds us. But we can't wait for the world to make us happy. That is that was profound. Let's just profound. stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Rewind that. Let's put it on the wall. But it's true. Like we've got to so be able true. to find happiness right where we are. Yes. Right where we are. That's perfectly said. I couldn't have said it <laughs> any better. That's exactly the whole point of this is to find it where we are, to have our moment of wallowing, to have our moment of yeah. sour, but we are the ones responsible for our own happiness. And we have to pull ourselves up. We have to do whatever we have to do to get right. to the other side. And it's so worth it. Still yes. we'll have more problems, still have more lemons, but you've learned things now of ways you can deal with it that make it so it's a little easier each time you have more things come at you. Yeah. Well, and this whole analogy is good because as we've been talking, <laughs> I've been thinking about like 
everyone has to find their bag of sugar, right? Yes. And some people, it may be therapy. Some people, it is medication. Some people, you know, it's a combination. Some people, it's faith. Some people, it's exercise, you know, like whatever it is, we've got to find that sugar because we're always going to get the lemon. So we've got to find the way to sweeten our life. And it's not the same for every person. Although I do believe that God and Jesus Christ can sweeten all of our lives. I really believe that that when you find that strong faith that can move any mountain and bring joy and that stuff. But I do think we have to search for the things that make us happy and fill our lives with that. And it also comes from serving others. When we stop thinking about ourselves and move along, we find joy there too. And sometimes when our life is so full of lemons and hard, we just want to, you know, curl in on ourselves. That's just human nature. And if you want to get out of it, get on justserve.org and find, you know, someplace up the street that needs kids to tutor, or, you know, if you don't have your kids every other week, go take care of somebody else's kids, you know, and just, and last, lastly, I had a woman that lived in my area of church who is, she was born like the year I graduated from high school. Like she's a lot younger than me, but she has four young children and she kind of adopted me. And every week at the beginning of the weeks, when I didn't have my kids, she would send me a text that says we're eating at one. I mean, we're eating dinner at five o'clock on Monday, six o'clock on Tuesday, whatever. And she'd say, there's a place set for you at our table every day. And on Halloween, she would call me and say, Hey, come trick or treating with my kids. And at church to this day, she'll text me and say, is your husband in town? If not come sit with us. And so to have somebody adopt me and let me be a mother to these kids that weren't my own kids, like let me read them bedtime stories or go to their soccer games also helped lift me out of it. So how grateful I am for this woman who invited me into her life and helped me get through the time of not being a mom to my own kids. And I think that's something else we have to do is if someone else is offering us sugar, take it as long as it's not like illegal drugs or something, <laughs> but you know, like if someone's wanting to help you and bless your life, let them don't sit around with your arms folded and say, I don't have kids say, I'm going to go help other kids, you know? Oh. So I'm grateful for, for her, for coming out of her comfort zone and inviting this old lady up the street to be part of their life. Mm. That's amazing that she was so inspired to do that for you. We need to think of that all the time and think about others because we yeah. get so caught up in our own lives that we don't think outside of that. So that is great yeah. advice. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow. I just don't want this to end. Sure. sure. I, I think another final thing to share is you have to laugh. I think that's part of the reason why people like the podcast is I'm kind of crazy. It's not like, here are the scriptures and let me tell you. It's like, and then one day on Simpsons, you know, or I'll quote like weird things or I, I like to laugh. It's important to me. Um, I, I get a kick out of so many things in life and, you know, you just can't take life too serious. Uh, the day that I my divorce was final. I was sure that I was going to have to check into a hotel and just cry my eyes out. So my kids couldn't see how destroyed I was, you know, and I went home and one of my kids had just gotten a Nintendo switch and we were playing the racing game, Mario Kart, I guess. And 
I kept getting second and I was so happy because like, I can't beat a teenager who's been playing their whole life. But I was like, second, I got second place. It's so exciting. Yay. Yay. And we were laughing and I was getting second place and I was playing video games. And I just thought we just have to laugh. We have to find fun. We have to take time to find the fun. Like life is fun. Even when it's hard, it can be fun. And so, you know, if you don't have a funny person in your life or someone that you enjoy, find one, you know, I don't know, watch some clean comedy shows. <laughs> That's helped me a lot too. Cause when I was looking for a second spouse, I said, I don't care what he looks like. I just want him to be kind and I want him to love the Lord. And he's got to be funny. Like it's just life's too long to be frowning. <laughs> so that's my last piece of advice, I guess, is just have some fun. It's so well said. I love it. You have been such a joy to talk to. So thank you for sharing your life with me and sharing You're your experiences. Welcome. So this has been such a treat. I really well, appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're still here? Well, then click on the next episode to hear more of Heidi's Lemonade Stand. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Thanks.